Hey everybody, welcome to this week's message from Greenville Vineyard. Uh, it's coming out, it's going to be arriving to you for the uh, first Sunday in Advent. Uh, we've just had Thanksgiving, so if you're in the South, your tr- tradition's probably been that you've uh, either put up your tree either on Thanksgiving Day or maybe even yesterday or today. Right now my family's upstairs busy, you know, doing some of ours and, and getting some decorations done. The tree's up and uh, slowly but surely it'll get decorated over the next couple of days. And so as we turn from Thanksgiving, our minds begin to turn towards Christmas and uh if you're a follower of Jesus, you'll be thinking about Advent and you'll be just kind of trying to get ready coming into the season. And so, you know, what's the season looking like for you maybe, is the question I'm throwing out to you today. Is it is it stressful? You know, maybe you've got lots of shopping that needs to be done and you haven't even thought about it. Or maybe this is the year you've been super organized and everything's almost bought, everything's almost wrapped and you're trying to come into the season a little bit more peacefully. Uh, you know, a little bit more just coming in with, with some semblance of feeling like you're going to enjoy it more rather than be stressed. And we're fortunate this year that we've got most of the stuff bought most of the stuff's ready to go and you know it's and we've done that intentionally we've done that intentionally because we want to just have more peace as we come into the christmas season especially after this year that we've had which has just been really all over the place and just full of you know you know tension maybe even a little bit of stress and so on and so you know as we coming into this i've been thinking about what to do and i've decided to do what a lot of other vineyard churches are doing this advent is to follow some of the stuff suggested uh, by our resources department where they're talking about receiving the blessing let's turn our minds to receive the blessings of god uh, to continue um, in the attitude of gratitude so to say and so this Advent Christmas, we I want to challenge us to receive the blessings of God. And so what do I mean by that as we go into this Advent series? Well, first and foremost, Christmas is a season, season of blessing, isn't it? Uh, we look to bless others. We enjoy being blessed. And of course, you know, the big story is that it reveals the desire in God's heart to be good to his creation. God wants to bless his creation. God wants to be good to you. And so the main blessing we focus on at Christmas is the arrival of Jesus on earth. God come to earth in the flesh to be one of us, to die as one of us, and to raise up to new life so that we can all be blessed with that same resurrected life, that new life in the kingdom, uh, a restored relationship with God, restored to our original purposes that we were created for, um, empowered and set free to be who we were made to be. And so God has that macro blessing, but beyond that, he has the blessings of relationship, of being in his family, of peace, of well-being, of shalom, all these things come to us through Christ Jesus our Lord. But the blessing needs to be received. You need to take it. It's like any other Christmas gift you get. You know, you haven't really received your Christmas gift until you've taken it, you've unwrapped it, and you've begun to enjoy it. You've begun to use it. You've begun to apply it, whatever it is, to your life. It's no good to you if you leave it under the tree. And you never ever go and get it. And so this is the blessings of Christmas to us. The blessings that God brings to us in our relationship with Jesus. We actually have to go and unwrap the present. And we have to begin experiencing it and begin applying it into our lives. And to begin enjoying it. 
And so first and foremost in the series, I want to begin to introduce to us this concept of Jesus as living water. You know, we want to receive the blessing of the living water of Jesus. You know, many people know what it's like to feel dry, to feel like they're struggling, to feel like their soul is just a parched land that is desperate for something to drink. You know, you may be desperate. Often we're desperate for affection. We're desperate to be loved. We we want to we want to know that we're significant, that we're important to somebody. And so, and and we we want life. We want to feel alive. We want to we want to have that 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 well-being inside of us, and 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 feel that that energy, that that just spring of life coming up out of us. We all want that. And so, how do we get that? And it comes from the living water of Jesus. And so, like any other gift, like I just said, you know, when we want that from Jesus, we have to come to Him and we have to drink it. We have to receive it into our whole being. And so that's what we're going to consider a little bit today. So um, why don't you pray with me before I get into our readings today. I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 41. And then I'm going to read from John chapter 4 as well. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you love us. Jesus, thank you so much that you came for us. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're here with us right now. And so as we enter into this Advent season as we begin to come down towards Christmas. I just pray for anybody who's watching who might be stressed at this time, pray for your peace. Anybody who's lost at this time, that uh, they would find themselves, that they'd be found by you. And Lord, just as we enter into just speaking about you and the living water that you are, Lord, would you open us up to receive you, to receive your life, your, your just your new beginnings for us. Guide my words this morning, Lord, let them be from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So if you have your Bible, you can open up to Isaiah chapter 41. Otherwise, it's going to appear on the screen as I read it. And it goes like this from verse 17. The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst. But I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. I'll make rivers flow on barren heights and springs within the valleys. I will turn the deserts into pools of water and the parched ground into springs. And so there's this notion in the writing of the Old Testament prophet that that the people are parched, that the people are thirsty, that the people are in need. And it's not just a physical thirst that he's referring to. It's, it's it's, It's a parchedness of the soul. A, a, a just a, a dying and a drying out on the inside and God is talking about providing and he's, he's probably talking about real water as well as spiritual water he's talking about coming in and satisfying their thirst about creating rivers and springs that will bring life to them and so having that in mind that that's the type of God that the Bible is describing to us let's jump over to John chapter 4 where we see Jesus and his friends there they're walking through Samaria they uh, come up to a well and um, it's a hot, long hot day it's like the middle of the day midday and Jesus sends his friends into the nearest bar nearest village to go and, and get some some food and he decides to sit and rest at the well they're like well they don't think anything of it but Jesus is being led by the Holy Spirit and he knows that he's going to have an encounter there and he's waiting for something to happen And so this is where we pick up the story in verse 7 of chapter 4 goes. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? 
his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. They had a beef going on there. So Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And so this starts a conversation and the woman turns around and she's like trying to figure out who he is and they have this back and forth and eventually Jesus turns around and uh, as they're arguing about where people should worship because the Samaritans worship God where they worship and the Jews say that you have to worship in Jerusalem and the Samaritans have a beef about that and you know she brings nationality into it she brings almost religious bigotry into it in the sense of hey we think this is this is our tradition and this is what we lean on you think this but Jesus cuts through it he doesn't get sucked into the argument too often us Christians we get sucked into the argument we're not looking for the real issue Jesus cuts through it and he and he gives her a word of knowledge he turns around and says how about you go get your husband and we talk a little bit more about this and she turns around and she says to him I have no husband and he goes you are right in fact you've had five husbands and he goes and he just tells her her whole in her whole history with men basically is what comes up and he goes straight to the point he goes straight to the point of where she's hurting the most of where her thirst is of where she is dry and dying in her soul he goes straight for that and he begins to talk about that and begins to speak life into her in the end she runs back to the village and she calls everybody in there to come out and listen to the teachings of jesus and the whole town puts their faith in him because of his teachings. At first because of what she'd said and then afterwards because they hear him for herself. And so there's a few points I want to bring out about the living water today from this passage that I think we need to know. And the first one is this, recognize what your heart is truly thirsty for. Recognize what your heart is truly thirsty for. You know, the woman at the well knew she had a thirst but she didn't know what would quench it. You know, she initially looked for it in men. And she was looking for the perfect man to satisfy her thirst. And here she gets into this debate with Jesus. He gives her this word of knowledge and the obstacles that she has in her heart towards Jesus and what he's saying and the lies that have been built up in her heart about what is going to satisfy her are exposed and those obstacles come down. She's exposed and she recognizes her true need for a different type of living water. She recognizes her need for a savior, someone who will love her just for who she is and one that will turn her into a true worshiper, one who will make things right between her and her creator, who will make things right within herself, who will bring her the life and the love and the affection that she was so desperately craving that she couldn't find from men but kept looking for it in that same place as well. And so she sees it, and once she sees it, she, she chooses Jesus. She begins to understand that he has living water, that putting faith in him and following him and listening to his teachings and, and living life for him and, and, and obeying him, that is where the living water is going to come from. And so she's she runs off and brings everybody to him. And so... This leads me on to my next point, which uh, I've entitled, You Drink Whatever You Worship. You Drink Whatever You Worship. So what I mean by that, you know, there's a lot of, uh, let's call them spiritual beverages out there that you can drink in life, but there's only one that satisfies. 
And, you know, key to receiving Jesus and his living water is the willingness to be a true worshiper, to worship the true God, to worship Jesus. So what I mean by this? Well, basically, the woman at the well was worshiping men. Or, you know, she was, and, and she was basically, because that's, that's the living water she was looking for. She thought that's where she's, it was through relationships with men that she was going to get this life that she was looking for. And so that's what she was doing. She was worshiping men and it wasn't working out for her. And so basically we often look for different things. We think that maybe comfort's going to make us happy. We think maybe that having everything we didn't have when we were kids is going to make us happy. And so we begin to chase after things. We begin to worship things. In other words, what do I mean by that? We devote our lives to something. When you devote your life to something, you're worshiping it. And so we devote our lives to something to satisfy this thirst. This thirst that we have is for the life of the kingdom, right? That's the thirst that everybody has in them. But we 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 misidentify it. So some people think it's, uh, I, I, I need to have a bigger house, a better life. I need to have a nice car. So they go go off to money. They begin to worship you know, their work and they begin to throw everything into it so that they can get these things that they think are going to satisfy them and they never do. And so, you know, it, it throws out the question, what are you worshipping right now? You know, is it work, money, romance, family, the American dream, politics, comfort, yourself? What is it that you are worshipping? Because whatever it is, you know, you that's, that's, that's the well that you're drinking for. That's the water you're drinking from. And is it satisfying you? Is it... Is it giving you that shalom that you're looking for? Is it helping you find your purpose in life? Is it causing all to be well with your soul? Or is it like drinking seawater? The more you get, the thirstier you are. The more you drink, you're just getting more and more dehydrated. And in the end, it's actually killing you. And, you haven't, and, and you're beginning to realize that right now. And that is how most of us are living our lives when we're not coming to Jesus. And just like he does with the woman at the well, Jesus invites you to bring your dehydrated soul to him. And through him to worship God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And in so doing, as you begin to worship God and surrender yourself to him, you'll begin to receive the living water that soothes and hydrates your, your, your parched soul, your dying soul, and begins to produce life within you. And so we have to really get to that point where we accept and we believe that God loves us and that life is found in Him alone. Life is found in Jesus alone. And so through Jesus, God has shown His immense affection for the world. We have to trust in His affection. He loves it and He loves the people on it. And He loves you and He loves me. If only we would believe it. Because that's the biggest challenge, isn't it, for a follower of Jesus? The biggest challenge probably for you and for me is that often we don't drink well from the living waters of Jesus because we doubt God. We doubt his love for us. We doubt that he is really for us. Most of the struggles that you and I have with our family, with our faith even, and our spirituality is that there's something in us, and there's something in me, I know it for sure, that just believes that maybe God doesn't really love me. Maybe you have that in you. And that he isn't really for me. Maybe he's for that person over there or this person in my church because they're nice. And, you know, if I was God, I'd like them. And when you hear people's stories of how God's come through and answered their prayers, he's like, yeah, that makes sense. God's good. He loves them. But nah, maybe not me. Maybe not me. And most of us struggle with that. And when we do struggle with that, we lose out 
on drinking that life-giving water because it's like having the gift under the under the tree. We're looking at the gift. Everybody's told us it's ours. But we're looking around and go, oh, I don't really know. I don't think it's mine. So you don't touch it. You don't go and enjoy it. And that's what a lot of us are like when we don't really fully believe that God loves us and is for us. We build these defensive walls up in our hearts where we put faith in God we believe him for our salvation, but is he really for us? Does he really love us? And so we, we have that distance between us. And when we do that, when we create that distance, it stops us from receiving and experiencing all that God has for us. And so we have to break that wall down in order to be able to drink fully from the living water that Jesus gives us. One, we have to recognize the lie. We have to recognize that we're lying to ourselves and that we're believing the lie of the devil that we're believing this notion that God doesn't care about us, that he loves other people more than he loves us. We have to we have to identify and say, I am believing a lie and I choose not to believe it. I choose to believe that God loves me. And we do that by understanding who he is. And how do we understand who God is? Well, we do this through studying his word, uh, looking at the stories in the life of Jesus. We do it by being involved in a healthy in a healthy Christian church where uh, we allow God to use other people to encourage us and love us and, and build us. I mean, we, we allow God to use us to do the same for them. And then lastly, we do it by spending time with him. You know, we have to spend time with God. We have to allow him to be active in our everyday lives. We have to allow him to draw near to us. And we do this through prayer and listening. Uh, when last did you pray? When last did you sit down in a quiet room and say, Lord, uh, I don't know what to say this morning, but would you come and be near me? Or you just sat in that quiet room and you had a lot to say and you talked and talked and talked. But did you eventually stop and say, Lord, would you speak to me? Would you come speak to my heart? Would you draw near to me by your Holy Spirit? Would you encourage me? Would you help me? And so there's this, we need to invest in this time where we allow God by his Holy Spirit to draw near to us. And when we do that, all those things together, belief, challenging the lies, surrendering ourselves to Jesus, trusting in him, spending time with him, getting to know who he is, inviting him in by his Holy Spirit, we begin to encounter the blessing of the living water of Jesus. And so as you begin this first week in Advent, I really want to challenge you this week. Would you set aside five minutes every day? Every day, late at night, early in the morning, wherever, who knows? You know, do you work somewhere where you can go out for a walk at your lunch break? But wherever, set aside some time and say, God, would you draw near to me? Holy Spirit, would you come and, and speak to me? Would you come and rest on my soul? Would you come and bring me peace? Would you give me the living water of Jesus? Hey, let's be still for a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to do that right now. Holy Spirit, I just thank you that you're here with each one of us just carrying out the will of the Father and our Lord Jesus. Would you come right now and just bring the living waters of the kingdom of Jesus into our hearts right now? Holy Spirit, just rest on each one of us. So, you know, this is what you do. This is how you do it. You just sit down and you invite God to draw near. And so just stay where you are. Um, you know, if you've got a lot of people running around right now distracting you, then maybe wait till later. But just let God rest on you and be near to you. And if you're somebody that um, 
doesn't even know Jesus and you're listening to this, you're going, oh man, my soul is parched. I am dry. I am dry. I have, I have need of this living water. Then today, I encourage you to surrender your life to Jesus. Right now, just pray your best prayer and invite him to draw near to you. Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Ask him to forgive you for all your sins and commit your life to follow him and to follow his teachings and to make him the Lord of your life for the rest of your life. And if you don't really know how to pray a prayer like that, you don't even know where to start, just hang on and there's a slide that's going to come up at the end of this message and just we'll text Jesus to the number that appears on that and we'll send you a prayer that you can pray and connect with you and maybe give you some resources help you get along on that journey because following Jesus is a journey if you're far away from us um, get in touch with a local church let them know that you're deciding to follow Jesus and they'll help you along the way but as for all that I just really encourage you for the rest of the day to seek after the Lord to invite his presence into your life to ask him for more of his Holy Spirit to rest on you to ask you to give him to give you, sorry, his living waters. And with that, let me pray this prayer over you before we leave. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Hey, thank you so much for listening. I uh, pray you have a blessed day and that Christmas is good to you this year.